What's up? Welcome to Project Freelance. My name is Kay Anagonio, and if you are just joining us for the first time, well, I would like to say a huge thank you for tuning in and welcome to the show. So if you're new to the show, every single week, I bring you a different episode with a different freelancer to talk about how they built their business. And this week, I'm talking to 18-year-old Miran Malaki from Poland. He's also known as osaki.png on Instagram, and we're going to be talking about his visual art form, he is a VFX artist, a 3D animator, and he wants to get into the film world as well. So I'm super excited to talk to him this week. But before we get into the episode, just a couple housekeeping things. First of all, if you like anything you hear during the duration of this episode, if you could please leave a rating and feedback for me, especially if you're on iTunes, if you're listening to this in Apple, please leave a feedback and a rating. It really helps us grow in the iTunes charts. It helps people find us and it helps validate this show. So thank you for doing that in advance. If you do leave a feedback and a rating, just send me a screenshot of it to my Instagram, which is at Inagonio or at Project Freelance, whichever one you want. My links will be down in the description for you. Uh, I will send you a signed photo print of a photo that I've taken in an abandoned building. I like to explore abandoned places when I'm not freelancing. I also like to use abandoned places as the backdrop for some of my freelance projects, music videos, uh, photo shoots, things like that. Super fun. And yeah, I'm very excited about that. I have to say a huge thank you to my first partner, which is Liquid Death Water. If you've never heard of Liquid Death, well, don't worry. You've got an ad coming to you in three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water. A water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. Liquid Death. Murder your thirst. So yes, please be sure to use the code just the letter K at checkout when you order your case of Liquid Death water. Thank you, Liquid Death, for partnering with me for this podcast. I greatly appreciate it, and I'm super excited for you guys to check out their water. So without further ado, Mirren, if you could please introduce yourself and what it is you do to the Project Freelance audience, we'll jump right in. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Miran Maleki, and my nickname is actually Osaki. Um, I'm a VFX artist as well as the 3D animator. Um, and that's basically what I specialize in. I can also call myself uh, probably a visual artist. Um, and these are basically the things that I do. So take me back to when you first got into visual art. I think that it's a super creative medium. And as a, a filmmaker and photographer myself, I went a different path. You know, I had the option to go to animation or games design or graphic design, but I decided to go with the video photo route. So tell me a little bit about your background as a, an artist and how you got started. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So um, I actually got started about, I think, five years ago. Um, it was a really long time and it was nothing near what I'm doing today. But um, I basically started by doing some quick like 2D animations. 
because for a fact, my parents, they have a book um, edition, like uh, they're book editors, um, and they basically needed some ads for their books. So what I would do is that I would help them to advertise some of their books and create like these super quick social media posts. And that was made with like some really basic programs. And then I just shifted to like 3D and also um, videography as well. Um, so I think it was really interesting because I really just like shifted naturally into these different mediums. Um, and I right now what I do, like I feel pretty great with it. So tell me, where did you come up with your nickname Osakai? Where did that come from? Where did you get inspiration for that? Oh, yeah. So that was actually really random. So I was watching a bunch of like vlogs on YouTube, I think from Osaka in Japan. And it just came to my head naturally. I was looking for a nickname because back in like, I don't know, like 2018, I think I was actually like I would make music. I was a music producer back then. And I was really looking for a nickname that would be suitable for the stuff that I do. Um, and then I just kept the nickname and right now that's what I use. I love it. No, it's great. So, uh, tell me a little bit about your education. We had talked before we started recording the podcast that you're self-taught. So tell me how you learned how to do all this stuff. Like, where did you go for your, your information, for your, your education for yourself? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think this can be actually very interesting because I haven't like learned and anything in my school um right now i'm in high school i'm finishing it and um everything that i learned it was basically just with the internet and youtube videos um because right now i'm in like this music high school so that's like nothing near uh visual art or this kind of stuff and that's actually the question that i get a lot uh also from other people because a lot of people ask me how to learn this kind of stuff, how to really get into this, because um, I guess 3D medium, it can be very intimidating at first. It can be really scary with like all these different programs and, and software. Um, and it's all just about, I guess, patience and following different YouTube tutorials. I personally started with YouTube and it's a great platform, honestly, to learn like anything. There's tons of like videos on pretty much any topics. Um, and just like after probably like one to two months of just watching YouTube tutorials and blindly looking for different options in the software, um, I would start doing my own projects with no like videos from YouTube. And that was the moment when I started really getting into it more and more. So this learning curve kind of like really went up at this point. So tell me about when you started uh, your Instagram. So you have, you know, you have quite a few followers. You only have 53 posts. So it's super cool to see that people are so supportive of, of what you're doing and of your art. Um, when did you start your Instagram account and what has social media done for you as an artist, as a freelancer? Oh, yeah. So um, I think I have started my Instagram about like a year ago. I think that would be, yeah about a year ago um it was vacation i i just decided to upload my first post um and before really even deciding to share any of my artworks i would just store them on my hard drive and when i felt comfortable enough with what i do i just simply made like this instagram account and i found out that there's actually tons of people who actually like also do the same thing as me and it was great to find 
um, more people doing the same thing. Um, because there is quite a few people doing 3D art and there are different areas of 3D art because it's such a interesting medium that has so many different things uh, and it can be used in so many different industries that I think every single person can find something um, to do in it. And um, so it's really interesting with my Instagram account because um, I have this kind of approach and this is also quite crucial, I think, for Instagram community. Because um, as a 3D artist, I see, for example, people doing uh, something called Everydays. And it's basically this kind of um, making artworks every single day and just posting them on Instagram. And it's, I guess, mainly for uh, promotional purposes. That's like my guess. And also probably because of like learning and stuff. But I think that exposure is the main factor um, for these people. And for me, it was more like quality over quantity. And because of it, you know, I would put into like every single artwork, at least a week or something to really polish every single aspect of it. And, uh, also later after releasing the artworks, I would also take care of promoting them as much as I can, even though I wouldn't like probably put any money into the promotion. Still, I would try to get this artwork to as many people as possible. And therefore, some of them actually went viral, which I think got me quite a few followers on my account. Tell me a little bit about uh, Revival, your short film. I took a look at that and I thought it was absolutely incredible. I love, you know, how the light illuminates his his outfit, all that kind of stuff. So tell me a little bit about creating that and what the inspiration was behind it. Yeah, so this is actually, I think, from like a year ago. Um, so a pretty old project. And that was the times when I, when I actually began in 3D uh, medium. So the whole like story behind this short film is really interesting, I think, because there's this uh, YouTube channel um, and the guy who makes the videos on it is called Andrei Lebrov. Um, and he has made a contest for three artists to make um, a short film about jar with fireflies. And me as a beginner, I thought that it would be cool to participate. And naturally, I just decided to make um, like this in really interesting, I think, uh, short film about revival. And when you see the video, I guess you can see why it's called revival. Um, and what's also really interesting is that I just like didn't stand a chance against the people in the contest because um, there was really a lot of people in this contest, and it was really hard to you know win or whatever or even get noticed. But it was, I think, a huge kind of like a push for me um, because. Basically, the whole motivation for, for creating it was just a simple contest. And I have learned tons of different things uh, just by doing this single video. Yeah, I, I mean, I love, you know, entering contests myself uh, as a video editor. I've entered music video contests, short film contests, trailer contests, like all kinds of stuff. And I think it's it's great for, you know, challenging yourself and, and like you said, learning more. Um, so... Let's go to your your Chernobyl stuff. So I, when I'm not freelancing as a videographer or photographer, I explore abandoned places. That's like my thing to do. I love it. And Chernobyl is high on my list of places I want to explore. So of course I've seen all the like Chernobyl diaries, the Chernobyl series, like all I've seen everything that has to do with Chernobyl. So tell me about uh, your your art that you created that was inspired by that. 
Yeah, so uh, the whole backstory is that I just basically watched this um, HBO miniseries about Chernobyl. And for me, it was also something that I knew before because uh, like, I'm from Poland um, and there is like a lot of people talking about Chernobyl here because it's quite close. And also even my parents, they were uh, affected by the whole thing. Like there was actually tons of different things happening in Poland because of Chernobyl, um, like different medicine people would have to take because of the uh, toxic particles in the air and stuff like that. So um, it was something that I knew. And this HBO miniseries, it just kind of like gave me a kick to to make an artwork about it because I was really fascinated with also the visual side of the miniseries. I think it's 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 great and really interesting to see um, this kind of like um, post-apocalyptic al- almost um, approach to an actual historical events that happened. And it was also just because, you know, I'm I can relate to it because it's really close to to my hometown and and yeah, that was basically the whole backstory. I love it. I think it's it's a great, great piece of art. And, you know, I, no, I you. was definitely very attracted to that piece because, like I said, I have this obsession with Chernobyl and the whole the whole story surrounding mm-hmm. that. It's uh it's very, very interesting. So definitely a cool piece of art. Um so I noticed you do a lot of work with like elements of like fire. Um can you talk about bringing that element into your into your work, into your art. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so at, I think it started with, uh, I don't actually know, it was one of the artworks and I basically found out a way to make fire in 3D. And it, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny because fire is extremely hard to do in 3D for some reason. It's basically because the fire, it has all these small particles and the light has to actually go through these particles. And it's usually pretty hard to do the fire. And so I found out how to do it. And then I realized that there are multiple ways um, to use this fire in my artworks. And al- also in this artistic way, um, you know, it can really, I think, uh, symbolize a lot of different things. And that's just great, I think, about about this, this um, technique, I guess, or whatever. And right now I have actually made quite a few artworks, how you said, with the fire. Um, and yeah, I guess I just found this like little secret, how to do the fire in 3D. And now I'm using it all the time. I love it. And it adds so much like life to your images, you know, like it, it brings this this element of uh, you do a lot of like cold tones, like blues and things. And I think adding that element of like warmth to it really like makes it pop more. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I think it can really make the artwork more, dy- more dynamic and also it can get the atmosphere, you know, a little bit up and make the whole picture a bit more atmospheric. So, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, also from the visual side of it, it's it, it can be really interesting to to put them like warm tones um, and contrast these like really cold and blue um, colors in the artwork. Tell me when you started getting paid for like commissions and, and client work, things like that. When did it go from being a hobby to something that was like making you money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I think it started, I, I basically got my first commission ever about also a year ago. Um, and it was this uh, magazine that approached me and they wanted me to make um, some artworks for their magazine because it was like a fashion magazine uh, and they wanted to have 3D uh, pictures of like the 
fashion pieces and clothing pieces that they would put into the magazine that was for like some designer or whatever and that was basically my first commission and client project and i have learned so many different things just by doing this one single project because um i think you know from there i would get a little bit more and more and more client projects and also opportunities to work and gradually i would just like shift myself from only a hobbyist to more of like a professional um person doing this kind of stuff and uh, i guess it's also really i think interesting i think we can talk about it like later on in the podcast um how there are like small little things about freelancing and um because when i first started i didn't know anything basically about freelancing and this one project was really important for me because it was really bad it was so junky like (laughs) it, it was terrible but i have learned really a lot of different things also from this like freelancing um, side of it. Let's talk a little bit about programs that you use. I think that, you know, if other artists are listening to this podcast, they're going to be curious as to like the kind of different things that you use to create your art. So bring me through the process of of creating a piece. Mm -hmm. Sure. So with the programs and software that I use, I use mostly at this moment Cinema 4D. Um, and on top of that, I also use Octane Render, which is like this plugin to render uh, stuff. And it's just basically it works like a charm for um, Cinema 4D. And it's been really helpful to use these tools um, in the process um, because I can basically just like place my ideas um, and they instantly like I can see what I'm doing. And this is, I think, one of the biggest problems in 3D and it was a huge problem in the past that you would make something and you weren't actually able to see what you're doing because Mm -hmm. of the heavy hardware issues and technical stuff. Um, But well, aside from that, I basically used also like the Adobe suite. I'm sure you you know it. It's, you know, just (laughs) Photoshop, After Effects and Premiere. Um, And for my animations, I basically use just only After Effects and Premiere Pro for some color correction. So yeah, these are the main programs that I use. Um, On top of that, I have like maybe 10 to 15 (laughs) additional ones uh, that make small little parts uh, of my artworks. Because sometimes, for example, you know, like a Cinema 4D, which is this really good standalone 3D software, sometimes sometimes it's really hard to do, for example, cloth in the software. So that's when uh, I go for Marvel's Designer, uh, which is another great software for like fashion designers as well as 3D artists. Um, and well, on top of that, how I said, there's like tons of different programs um, that I could mention. But yeah, <laughs> there's probably too, too many of them. <laughs> No, it's great. And like, I think that's going to help out a lot of artists that, you know, listen to this episode that are trying to get into, you know, animation or 3D art, like Mm -hmm. just to know those different programs that are out there. Um, So uh, to go back a little bit, um, tell me some of the creators on YouTube that you were watching. Like if you if you remember them specifically, like who were some of the top creators? Oh, wow. Yeah, (laughs) that was a long time ago. Um, If I could recall, I think it was probably Grace K. Gorilla. And it's basically this, I think, company, um, and they make really great tutorials and also products to help beginners and also people who are intermediate. And it's just really great to learn with them, as well as there's a channel called CG Shortcuts. Um, 
And for people who are also interested in, for example, Blender, which is a great alternative for Cinema 4D, and it's also free, um, there is a guy called Ian Huberts, I think. Um, and he also makes really incredible things just on his computer. And it's honestly just insane what he does because it's, I think, level of like Hollywood VFX. And he does all this stuff as a single person on his uh, computer at home. And these are the things that I think are like also really inspiring. And the more you do this kind of stuff, the more you look around yourself when you learn these things, um, the more different programs and software you actually, uh, you're able to learn. And also, yeah, I think it's just, just really interesting how all these creators, they really connect and yeah, how I said from YouTube, it's, it's great. Mm -hmm. um, how do you come up with these concepts like for your art for your original stuff I mean you've got a bunch of different like concepts here and I'm just wondering like where do you take inspiration from uh I mean like we talked about the Chernobyl miniseries where you got inspiration for that um but for some of these other pieces like where do you draw inspiration from is it like your surroundings your daily life like where do you how do you come up with this stuff yeah so um I think if I would have to right now point out my main sources for inspiration, uh, of course, for my, for my personal projects, because these are the projects that are really, really important to me. And they also gain a lot of traction from, from the outside. And also they can get the clients to me, but I think it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I mainly use Pinterest and also Behance for my inspiration. Like I just tend to go there and just scroll through these websites and just find some cool pictures. Um, also from like movies or even music. Lately, I've been li like listening, for example, to Kate Trenada, which is this really great music producer. And, uh, you know, you can even get inspiration from music and just, I don't know how that works, but <laughs> your brain somehow uh, can like convert music into also visual stuff. And it's, yeah, you can, I think... I personally take inspiration from all these different things like movies uh, and other people's artworks. So, yeah. Very cool. And what has been some of your favorite client work to date? Like what are some of the, your favorite projects that you've gotten to work on? Okay. So I think one of the most exciting things um, that I was able to work on was um, a music video for an artist called HL and Ghana. Um, so I basically got commissioned to make, um, the whole music video and it was the times when I think COVID-19 hit everyone. And I think it was really interesting times for 3d artists and also 3d animators because, um, the whole music industry, it shifted to like animation and 3d, um, because people weren't able to like shoot music videos or it was really hard with all these like different restrictions. So there was like actually really a lot of stuff to do. And that's when I got commissioned uh, the the music video for these two artists. So, yeah, I, I did a whole episode on like COVID and like how freelancers mm. can adapt and thrive during this time. So I think it's interesting that, you know, uh, freelancers adapted the fastest because we were yeah. already most of us like working from home and things like that. Um, so would you say that you were even more busy than normal during, during quarantine? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it really depends, um, what you do as a freelancer, but me personally mm -hmm. as a 3d artist and also a 3d animator, I was way more like busy 
um, throughout these times because there was simply more people interested in this kind of medium. Um, and I have multiple friends who are also videographers and was pretty rough times for them uh, with, you know, all these restrictions and stuff. So, yeah, I, I think I got actually like pretty lucky because the animation industry, it was, I think it, it's now better than ever. How long did it take you to find your worth, to like find your rate for what you charge? Mm -hmm. Like, was it something you just knew or was it something you had to kind of figure out and like learn along the way? Yeah. So um, I think I can say that I'm even learning it right now <laughs> because uh, for me personally, um, like I'm, you know, from Poland, which is to be quite frank, not the richest country in the world. And I'm, I wasn't used to this kind of rates um, because, for example, I think as an industry standard for a 3D animator, it's usually around like 50 bucks an hour. And here in Poland, to comparison, like the minimal wage is around, I think, two and a half dollars an hour when you work in like a cafe or oh something. God. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, for me, you know, when I got like the, the, the first commission that I mentioned before, uh, it was, I was really <laughs> underestimating myself when I look back at it. And, um, I think, you know, as a person, I'm still kind of learning my worth because I can see myself, for example, doing my pricing around like two months ago. And right now when I would do it, I would do it in a different way. So, um, I don't know when is it going to end, but it's surely right now I'm like getting closer and closer to it, which I think. Right now, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with my pricing. And I think it's good to know your worth, definitely, because um, underestimating yourself is really bad for you, um, as well as, you know, just doing the opposite. So, yeah, yeah it, it took me a while to figure out my worth. You know, when I first started doing videography, like I, I studied in film school and then I moved to I was living overseas. I lived in uh, Dubai and that's where I studied mm -hmm. film. And then I moved to Australia for a year and finished my my course in film there. And then I moved out to California where I live now mm -hmm. because this is where everybody else went to, quote unquote, make it, if you will. So I came out here and, yeah. and it I, I didn't know anybody. So I literally started from zero, didn't know how to like in school. They didn't teach us how to like find your rates or any of that stuff. So it was literally something I had mm -hmm. to find out myself. And for you as somebody that's so young, I think it's important for you to know that you should always like increase your rate as you go, as you get older, as you get better, like it doesn't end. You know what I'm saying? Like you were saying, uh, you don't know when it's going to end. It doesn't. Don't let it end. <laughs> Just keep raising your rate as you get more work and as you get better. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I think looking at the industry and also like the standards, how much people are charging around me and how much experience they have. I think it, it can be pretty hard at first because, you know, obviously you're not experienced and it's, you're really new to the industry. And for some part, you are not in like even capable of doing certain things. Um, like I've had multiple situations when I got something commissioned and I had to learn it uh, while working on the project. <laughs> so for sure, you know, when starting with the whole thing, it can be pretty hard, but how you're saying just growing constantly is, is the best. 
Yeah. And that's the same for me. You know, I've gotten commissioned for like After Effects work and I literally had to figure out how to do like certain things in After Effects as I was doing the project. So I can totally relate to you there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess this is the fun part of freelancing. You you learn new things on the way because you're literally just pressured to do so. Yep. And it's always a challenge. And I love like I love a challenge. You know, that's the most oh, exciting yeah. part about freelancing same. is that you you get to do something new every day and i that's the best part for me yeah definitely i think you know when i look at every single project that i have worked on i think on pretty much every single project i have learned new things or i have found a workflow to make things faster or better so yeah definitely i agree so uh, this is a question that some guests don't like to answer, but I think it's important that we talk about it. Have you ever been screwed over on a job, like not been paid for something or anything mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, sure, <laughs> I was. <laughs> and I think it happens to most of the people and freelancers. Um, and this is, I think, you know, the downside of freelancing, I guess. But it's once you figure out these like different things that can make you safe, uh, throughout the process of working with a client, I think there is like no better form than freelancing. Like for example, in comparison, like working in the studio, if you appreciate the freedom of working on the project, I think freelancing is like the best way to just work. So, um, but like when I look back in the time, I've maybe I didn't get screwed over um as much as I could have because I simply got lucky I think with the clients that I got but I've had multiple situations when I would for example wait for you know the payments for a really long time and that would really stress me out um and it was you know back in the times when I wouldn't do any like agreements or advanced payments like nothing it would just be like um okay let's do it and I would just like do it <laughs> so you know, I think it's really, really important to know these like different safe uh, mechanisms to do uh, when working with clients, like, for example, how I said agreements or advanced payments. And that can really make you more comfortable uh, while working on the project, because I guess no one likes, you know, being stressed out that someone is not going to pay you or, or something. Definitely. Yeah. And I think I do the same thing now. I take deposits and I think that it's important mm -hmm. for people listening to know that you can ask for that. You know, you can ask for an upfront payment sure. to book your time or, or book your session or whatever. I think it's super important to do things like that and always have a contract. You guys like anybody listening out there, like, please, please have a contract, write it up yourself. So you know exactly what's going on and exactly what's expected of the client as well as what they should expect from you. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's super important. What do you want to do with the future? I mean, you're a young guy. You've got a lot of life ahead of you. You've got a lot to learn still, I'm sure. But I mean, what do you want to do with this, with this 3D art, with this visual medium? Yeah, so um, right now I'm finishing high school and I'm going to write my finals this year, actually. So this is the moment when I when I really decide what to do. Um, and right now I'm, I really can't make up my mind because on, on one hand I have this like freelancing, uh, side of me and, you know, I can right now make my living off of 3d. Um, and it's honestly great. Like I feel really happy with what I do and I can see in perspective that there is like way more things to learn and like, there's surely a huge space to grow. Um, and also on the other hand, I do actually want to go 
uh, and study, you know, like on, for example, like a film school or something like that. So uh, that might be the direction I'm going to take. Probably I'll have to see. Um, but yeah, right now it, this is the situation that I'm in. I think that it's great that you're, you know, you're 18, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's crazy to think that there are young people out there that are already able to make a living doing what they love to do. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And I wish you the best of luck in the future with everything. And I think you should absolutely go to film school because it will only make your your visual art better. It will only teach you more elements of, mm -hmm. of visual art, you know? Oh yeah, well, thank you. And and uh, yeah, I think you know it doesn't matter. Like the the age doesn't matter at all. It's never too late. It's never too early. Um, you can really like in a year or in even like a half a year, you can learn so many things if you're just determined to do so. That it's really incredible with like the tools that we have today with the internet and all and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, how I said, you know, it's it's never too late or too early. And then my final question for you is, what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Yeah, so I think I have touched on that before um, when we were talking about the, the first job I had. But how I said, you know, having these, um, for sure, the contracts, right? This is, I think, crucial. And also knowing that the contract, it, it may not be enough. Because I've had situa situations when I would make the contract and simply because the client ignored me and let's say he was from Japan or something, like I wasn't able to do anything because I wouldn't do actually any legal actions to sue the person in like Japan because it would be probably pretty insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and especially if these are not like, you know, like tons of, thousands of dollars or something because that's not the case. Um, so... I think knowing that, you know, surely the contract is the main kind of like a factor to have. And that was something that I, I wish I knew when I started the whole journey with the, with the 3D and freelancing. Um, also, I think, you know, taking the deposits, I think this is also really important because it's this additional kind of like a safe mechanism outside of the contract that will, that will really make your clients stick with you and you're going to feel safe because someone already kind of like gave you something, you know, someone uh, made some kind of like a um, sacrifice for the project or whatever. Um, and they surely want to work with you. So I think, you know, agreements and, and, and also the, the deposits are really important. And I think, I don't know, maybe like a final thing is knowing your worth. I think this is really important and um, just knowing your worth, you know, it's, it's crucial because uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you do want to get the most out of the project that you work on. And um, it comes with time, but it's it's really important to look around yourself and compare your prices to other people's prices. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's going to be it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. And if somebody wants to commission you or check out your work, where can they go to find you? Yeah, so I think the best place is going to be my Instagram, which you can find by searching osaki.png. 
Um, for now, this is the nickname that I have. I might change it in the future, but <laughs> let's say that it's going to work for now. All right, guys, that was my episode with Mirren Malaki, otherwise known as Osakai.png on Instagram. Please be sure to follow him and follow along with his journey. He's got a bright future ahead of him. Thank you, Mirren, for coming on the podcast and sharing your insight and your stories with everybody. And if you liked this episode, like I said, please leave some feedback and a rating. It really does help the podcast out a lot. Like I said, I will send you a signed photo print if you do that. It takes you like 30 seconds. All you got to do is go down to the bottom of this podcast, go to the show, and uh, leave a rating and feedback. And then send me a screenshot to Instagram at Project Freelance, and I will get a signed photo print out to you as soon as possible. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I appreciate it. Also, if you are into cool photography and cool stories, I have a book out called No Tracers, an Urban Explorer's Diary. It's full of stories and photos from my abandoned exploration journeys. And if you want a copy of that, head to notracers.com slash shop. There will be a link down in the description for you if you want to check it out. Thank you guys. I will talk to you next week on another episode of Project Freelance. If you know anybody that is a freelancer, let me know. I would like to get them on this podcast. We're looking for guests for season seven right now. So come join us. Let's get this going.